Happy New Year. I hope you had a good holiday and that your 2022 is starting off healthy and happy. I personally think we are starting this year with the perfect episode as we talk about creating more generous organizations and workplaces. I don't mean generous in terms of giving physical gifts and financial resources, but rather gifts of the heart and mind to create more inclusive and rewarding cultures. Shannon Cassidy, the CEO and founder of Bridge Between, brings more than two decades of experience as she has honed her practice and expertise in behavioral change and leadership. She has worked with hundreds of CEOs and senior leaders to help them build generous practices into their everyday lives so they can step up as role models and leaders and transform the cultures of their teams. She is an executive coach, an author, and the host of the Return on Generosity podcast, ROG. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Navigating Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Shaquille Barmel. I'm the CEO of Ocean Blue Strategic and partner with The Summit Group. I'm a coach, consultant, and speaker, and I help leaders, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals make an impact through improved performance. In this podcast, I share insights and interviews with interesting leaders to define practical lessons that you can use to make an impact in the face of uncertainty. We are proud to be brought to you by The Summit Group. We help companies increase revenue and deepen customer relationships by moving from sales excellence to authentic business relevance through engaging learning experiences. Good morning, Shannon. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Good, good. Well, I'm saying good morning. It's good, still good morning where I am. Where are you today? I'm in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, which is right outside of Philadelphia. Okay, so it is so still morning here as we're well. Still, we're, we're in the same time zone. That's, uh, that's great. Uh, Shannon, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I've been enjoying getting to know you. Uh, we had a, a conversation just a few weeks ago where we had a little bit of a, a scratch the surface kind of get to know you conversation, but enough to make us want to connect more deeply. So I'm glad we're here together having this conversation. I have to say your whole area of specialty return on generosity is so intriguing. So intriguing. And I know you've been doing it a while, but it certainly feels like a very, very important conversation to be having right now more than any other. So tell yeah. me, how, how are you doing today? First of all, how, how, how's your day? Oh, good. very good. I have a kitchen renovation underway. So if there's banging in the background, I apologize in advance. I'm doing really well. I'm excited for a bunch of things. I know that you're podcast is often around disruption and how people deal with change and all of that. And I just feel like I'm going through a lot of that. Most of it, I would say all of it is positive, Mm. but I have two children. Mm. One I already sent off to college. She's my youngest. And then my oldest is leaving in two days from now. And then the kitchen project and then just business changes and challenges are always something of a very normal occurrence. So I feel like there's a lot going on, but it's all exciting and really positive change, but still it's disruptive. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Disruption is some people say it's an overused word. I have some friends that say, Oh, not that word again. I've heard that word too much, but you know, pick another word, change, disruption, uh, volatility. It's all, it's all there right now for all of us, both societally, but also as you described in, in our lives individually. Absolutely. uh, Uh, Shannon, I, you know, as many places we could start, I'd love to just start with a free flowing kind of conversation about 
how you define your role in uh, in the world. What what do you do? What do you see yourself as bringing to the people you work with? That's such a great question. I think of myself as a perspective shifter huh. and also a catalyst. I am very interested in what's next and how we can move things forward. But mm-hmm. in order to do that, very often we need to first change our perspective or become more aware of how the way we're seeing things is affecting our current reality. Mm-hmm. So I very often think we have to zoom out further to take mm-hmm. into consideration what caused us to get here, where we are, where we might be going, who's involved, how do our decisions affect other people. So I just think mm-hmm. that perspective of the wider lens or sometimes just putting yourself in another person's shoes. I also very much believe in gener- generosity, as you know, and mm-hmm. gratitude. So sometimes the perspective of gratitude is really the launching place for a different way of looking at things because, you know, it has been said that gratitude turns what you have into enough. Hmm. Sometimes where people are struggling is that I want more, I want to be more, I want to do more, I want to earn more, I want to have more. And that's fine. I, but I also think it's helpful to also take in to consideration and take stock in what you already have Mm. and what is going well and, you know, where you've been blessed or where you have fortune so that you're not always looking for what's next and you're perhaps missing the now. Wow. So perspective shifter, catalyst, helping kind of spark a feeling of generosity or sorry, a gratitude uh, as well as generosity uh, in people. Wow. So that is a pretty incredible profession. How long have you been, how long have you been calling yourself all those things and doing? Yes. Uh, You know, it's, it's an evolution, just like all of us, right. We're all on a journey and it just keeps becoming whatever it was supposed to be. Like I love the, the understanding of when Michelangelo was, chiseling out David, the statue of David. And they said, well, how did you know? And he said, I just took away whatever wasn't David. So I think that that's similar in our own journeys is like, we're taking away the things that aren't our purpose or aren't really what our calling is. And then I look for themes. I'm very much a fan of pattern recognition Mm -hmm. and how to repeat positive patterns or Mm -hmm. how to interrupt negative patterns. And one of the patterns I recognize in my own life is generosity and gratitude are really Mm -hmm. always a part of how I see things. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was something, and I guess it's like any other strength or way of doing things is you think, doesn't everybody see it like that? Mm -hmm. And then you realize not always Mm -hmm. sometimes, and for sure, not exactly the same way Mm -hmm. that you do, because we're all unique in Mm -hmm. our way of looking at things. We bring our whole background and everything to the table. So I think that the recognition of that pattern in my life uh, happened probably about 10 years ago, Hmm. but I've been in business for 21. So bridge between started in 2020. So I'm 21 years in, and and that too is an evolution, right? The chiseling away of, of what I don't do and what I do and where I think I add the most value. But I think that that gratitude realization came when I was creating a holiday gift. I mean, that's something I do annually is kind of come up with something that I think my clients and friends and family would enjoy. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to create a gratitude journal. And that's because I've always envied people who journal. I think that's such a positive discipline for any of your listeners who do that. I think that's such a great way to capture your thoughts and understand yourself. And it's, it's cathartic in a way because you're getting it out. But uh, because I 
don't have that discipline, or at least I don't yet have it. I wanted to create something where I could capture what I'm grateful for. And mm-hmm. I thought I could write one sentence a day. Like how mm-hmm. hard is that? Right. Yeah. Every, everybody could do something that small. So I created this journal called grounded in gratitude and I was going to call it growing in gratitude, mm-hmm. but then I really thought about it. And I was like, where does our growth come from? And what do we need to be grounded in? Like, what's the soil? What's the health of the soil where we are planted? And I think that grounding ourselves in gratitude, like on the cover of the journal, it looks like a tree with like roots that are going down into the earth. And I think that's such a great illustration or visual for us to keep in mind in our lives is like, how can we ground ourselves in something? For me, it's Mm -hmm. gratitude. For others, it might be something else, another core value. And then we grow in generosity, right? Mm -hmm. I think that we find joy and happiness, like joy in particular. Happiness, I think, is more circumstantial and surface, but joy is deeper and it's internal. And it's like, I just feel so alive. Mm-hmm. And I've realized in my life, I feel most alive when I'm giving. Hmm. So it sounds like you've come to a place where you've been able to take something you passionately believe in that's worked in your own life, that's helped you kind of chart your course. And true to form around generosity, you're basically trying to give that learning, those lessons to others, helping them shift perspectives the way perhaps your perspective uh, shift. But Shannon, would you say that your perspective shifted, shifted at one time, or is this something you've always believed was there and it just come much more to the surface more explicitly as you've kind of developed your, your profession? Right. I think that it's very much like other strengths where Mm. we take them for granted. Mm -hmm. We don't realize that that's something that's unique about us. We Mm -hmm. think that everybody does things like that or thinks like that. And then when you start to evolve, like as a coach, you know, you recognize that everybody's got this own, their own individual formula about what makes them awesome and what Mm -hmm. makes them excited and motivated. And also what makes them feel exhausted and deteriorated and, you know, maybe unappreciated. So we all have our own formula. So part of my formula of what makes me my best is when I'm reminding myself to be grateful. When I Mm -hmm. stop in a moment, no matter how brutal it is, if I, if I'm in a hospital waiting for test results, or if I'm sitting in traffic, you know, it doesn't matter how significant the situation is. If I bring gratitude to the situation, I'm always mm. a better version of myself. So, mm. so to your point, it's like, yes, that was always part of me. And now I'm trying to create ways. You nailed it, right? I'm trying to create like a process or a way in which people can have that same kind of benefit mm. that's unique to them, you know? And mm. so it's writing in a journal, have at it. If it's, mm. if it's having an accountability partner, if it's prayer, if it's meditation, whatever, mm gets you there. I think that having that perspective and being aware of the fact that our thoughts affect our choices, which affect our behavior, which affects our attitude, which affects our relationships, right? There's that ripple effect that happens. So if we could just kind of go back to like, what's at the core here and where does the shift need to happen? Cause yeah, I could change my behavior, but if I'm not really clear about what's triggering that behavior in the first place, 
and then it's just situational and maybe I'm on my best behavior in this moment, right. but I'm not really solving the problem. Right, right. Well, you know, I, 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 what you're saying really resonates with me, particularly something you said a, a couple of minutes ago, which is look, I, like, I like to consider myself also a very grateful person. And it's something that I, I think I wear, I wear myself. At least I like to say I, I, I am very grateful for everything I have. But look, you know, I'm only human. We're only human. And so one thing that resonated for me was you said you have to sometimes remind yourself in certain moments. And mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to recognize because oftentimes, you know, I don't know if you experience this. There's sometimes people in my life that are going through something and I'll start delivering a message that is kind of a gratitude oriented message, seize the moment, feel the pain, all that type of stuff. And of course, you know, there's always people that whose eyes roll when they hear me talking, or at least I can feel that energy coming from them. And so it makes me feel like maybe sometimes there is a mismatch. And sometimes this feeling of gratitude might not always be the right thing in every circumstance. And maybe people just need to feel a bit of selfishness from time to time. I haven't concluded on that, but I'm wondering if you have some thoughts. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And I think of it as a yes and like, yes, people do need to have the permission to sit in their stuff. And I think all of us need that. We need to be acknowledged for having the feelings that we're having and not told that they're wrong or that we should turn that frown upside down or that we should just, you know, tomorrow's a better day and all of those sayings, because that is not a ne- not really respecting and giving people space for feeling what they're feeling. And I think that the feeling itself, be it sadness or loneliness or depression or anxiety or whatever the feeling is where people are, there's something to be grateful about that. Mm. So it's not always positive. I I guess that's Mm. the easier way to say it is I don't know that gratitude is always something about a silver lining. I Mm. think sometimes it's more about like, For example, I just disconnected from a call with a former client who wanted to catch up and she let me know that her mother just passed. Mm. And that's sad. And there was a whole host of things related to that, that we discovered through her coaching that that sparked up in her. And, you know, she wanted to talk about that and she wanted to express her sadness and the feelings that she had this past six months. But then she quickly transitioned into her gratitude towards her mother and that all of the things that she learned from her, some good, some not so good, that she wanted to kind of package into, this is how I'm feeling. Like there's this whole host of emotions. So I think when we're loving people and we're compassionate toward people, there's the, I would say less pleasant emotions. And then there's also those joyful amazing emotions. And we have that whole mix in between. I think the more that we can create space for both of those to coexist, the more real we're going to be, but also the more helpful we're going to be to people because we're not telling them that they shouldn't feel something that they're feeling. Yeah, that that really makes sense and really resonates for me is this idea. And it's very much that, you know, part of being generous is um, giving people the space to feel what they feel and not imposing your views mm-hmm. because that is the case, right? When you are on a soapbox preaching about gratitude, like essentially that itself is selfish because you are forcing your view 
on someone else and here, take what I'm giving you, right? As yes. opposed to just yes. being generous with the space that you create. For sure. And I think the gratitude in that moment for me is the gratitude in their trust to mm. tell me about what's on their heart. Like that's what I'm grateful for in that moment is like that you would trust me enough to share your heart with me and your imperfections and your vulnerabilities. You would be yeah. willing. And same for me, like when I get to share that with people in my life, the gratitude of being accepted as imperfect as I am is what I'm grateful for. So it's not necessarily the antidote to feeling what they're feeling, but it's more like this moment right now is what real connection feels like. And I'm so thankful that you picked me (laughs) to be someone to confide in. Yeah. Professionally, you're a coach, correct? Right. Yes. I'm an executive coach. I'm a facilitator. So I facilitate team development sessions, mentoring sessions, leadership retreats, and then I'm a keynote speaker. Okay. So there's yeah, three pillars. Okay. So, I mean, we have, a, we have a lot in common because of course I play in those, uh, those places as well. So interesting talking to another person in this profession. How, how did you make that transition from being in the world of business and doing that for a living and actually then deciding that I had a different way to give value to the world? What did that transition look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. The short version of the story is that my husband was up for a promotion and they moved us to this. So they relocated us to Philadelphia. And so I had a decision to make. I could either transfer with the organization that I was working with, or I could do something else. And it had just occurred to me right before the move that I got to do the things that I believed that I was on this earth to do, like maybe 10% of the time. Mm -hmm. But then the other 90 was doing other things that were just requirements of my role. And, and I would try to bring my strengths and try to bring my values into what I was doing, of course, but it wasn't really what my job description was. And I thought, man, it would be so great to just find a way to use more of the gifts that I think I've been given Mm -hmm. purposefully and, uh, in a way of being supportive and helpful. So then I just kind of took a step back, back to that perspective shift. Like I yeah. widened the lens and I looked at the bigger landscape of business and I thought, well, what are some of the things I wish I had? Yeah. Right? I wish I had what fill in the blank. And I wish I had somebody to confide in. I wish I had someone who could help me process things yeah. that weren't my direct reports, that weren't my peers, that wasn't my boss. So a safe haven, so sure. to speak. I wish I had alternate perspectives. I wish I had somebody who had resources and tools and strategies that I could use. And I wish I had like more motivation around like, if I could solve these kinds of problems, then I can evolve into this. And of course, you're just going to, you're going to still have problems, just different problems to solve. And I thought that would be really helpful. I would, Mm -hmm. I would love that. And, you know, it's lonely at the top. So who, who can you really talk to? You're not going to talk to your board members. You're not going to yeah. talk to your, your boss. So I thought it was an opportunity to create a solution to a problem that I had. And yeah. it actually is exactly that, you know, as a coach, that's, yeah. that's the yeah. role that you get to play. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very, feel very grateful. I'm very, very, very lucky to have found this. Have you found though that, you know, obviously you have a set of, you know, functional skills, which you applied in the business world before you found this path. Did you find along the way that you actually finding this path was more about saying no to some things than it was about saying yes to things? Does that resonate with you? That question? It does. Yeah. Yes, it really does. Because I think early on in, in our careers, well, I'll speak for myself early on in my business ownership, 
I didn't know what, you know, I was looking at like to use that, that statue of David as an example, I was just looking at a block of marble and I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I think, I think I know it's in there, but I'm not sure. So I pulled out some of the things that I know I enjoyed doing in the workplace. Yeah. And so one of the things I loved was having one-to-one conversations with talent about what they like to do and what they don't and where they see themselves and what are some of their obstacles. And then very early on, I learned that people are often the thing that's in their way the most. So mm-hmm. people self-talk and their lack of confidence or their, their lack of tools and resources to be empowered. So I thought, man, that would be really helpful to give to people. So it just kind of chiseled away and chiseled away and I'm still chiseling away. Right. I think that starting the podcast was something that I didn't know would be so gratifying, but it is. And I think, okay, wow, that's another way I can be generous. So I think as we're evolving and bringing our skills to bear, for sure, we start to get clearer about yeah. the purpose and the value we can offer. But I think that the weaknesses I had then are still the weaknesses I have mm-hmm. now. So that hasn't changed much. But now I have the glory of hiring people who are on the planet to do the things that I am the worst at. Yeah. And I yeah. get that support. So I'm not as personally responsible for just like fixing my weaknesses yeah, yeah, as yeah, I am yeah. of identifying them and finding the right support. Absolutely. I mean, that is a game changer, isn't it? When you get to that place where you realize it's actually much better to invest time in amplifying my strengths than it is trying to get better at my weaknesses when there's other people out there that you can bring into the into the journey. I that's something I, I wrestle with on a regular basis. I try to question, should I give somebody money to do this for me or should I do it myself? And you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's important to try things yourself to grow and learn. It's a balance, right? Yes. Keep an open mind, try new things, but at some point you have to know that it is better to invest in your strengths and have other people work on those other things. Great. So I've really, I mean, I've really enjoyed this conversation. We can keep on going on this line of conversation, but I would love now to serve uh, our listeners a little bit and talk to talk to you a bit about specifically return on generosity for leaders. Like what does it mean for to be a business leader or an organizational leader and think about that term return on just generosity. Please help us kind of decipher it, please. Mm, for sure. Thanks for asking that question. I, again, back to the, the lens being wider and looking at organizations and, and the teams that I've had the privilege of partnering with over the past 21 years, but also as a team member myself in the past in corporate America, and try to look again for patterns, like what, mm. what, is it about high, highly effective teams or work cultures where people mm-hmm. are willing to go that extra mile? They, mm. they care deeply and personally about the brand and the business versus other organizations and teams where it's a job. Mm. It's, it's a, you know, clock in your hours. You're not really going to get much more than whatever you paid for. Mm. I'm not really here because my heart is in it. I'm here because I have bills to pay. Mm. And so I tried to understand like what what is it about those cultures that I would describe as successful or the kind of cultures that have that deep personal connection and one factor is that they're generous cultures and I do not mean that in a financial way very mm. often the word generosity is linked to financial giving mm. 
And philanthropy is important and very another way to feel joyful for sure. But I'm talking specifically around the investments that we make in people, in organizations. So I am fascinated by corporate life. I think it's so dynamic and complicated and exciting and exhausting. I mean, it's just this accumulation of things that is to me fascinating. And so how can we make that experience more productive, more positive, more energizing, more life-giving for people because you're spending so much time working. So whether it's a remote situation or you're in the office, I don't think it really matters. What matters is the connection with other people. And it, and it does boil down to that. It boils down to, I mean, I've had 48 interviews so far in, on my, on my ROG podcast, the return, return on generosity podcast. And what I was hoping would happen is exactly what happened, which is that my guests would help me understand and chisel away. Like what is, what does this mean? And there's been a consistent message. I mean, they all have a different perspective. You're a guest. Yeah. I look forward to that conversation. Thank you. Me too. And we are going to learn from like, what does that mean to you? Where have you experienced generosity at work? Mm. Where have you been the beneficiary of Mm. generosity given to you? How has that made you feel? And so it really boils down to that human, human connection. Yeah. Right. Where people bother to notice, like you seem off today. Are you okay? Or man, that was an amazing presentation. I love how you blank with something specific that was outstanding. Right. so that recognition and that praise and like, I notice you, I see you, or, you know, you seem to be struggling with that. Can I help you? Yeah. Those are the ways in which we feel like we matter. Yeah. So that's the, you know, how we feel when people are generous to us and that's how we can make a contribution in the workplace and in your life for sure. Yeah. Outside of work. But I think that recognition of what people need and thinking about how I can help. And then also the flip side of that is being willing to receive the help that other people want to give. Because I think if we're all giving, there is no receiving. So part of the the way that the reciprocity cycle works is that we also need to be willing to ask for help and open to receiving it. Yeah. And in fact, you know, somebody that I I worked with a while ago opened my eyes to the idea of receiving well. This idea that when people want to give to you, when people, for example, acknowledge something you did really well or give you a compliment or thank you for a contribution you've made to a project or them as individuals, most of us, and I don't have data on this, most of us are very uncomfortable with receiving gratitude from others. Mm -hmm. We try to slough it off or we try to downplay it or we get shy And I think that was me until somebody said, well, when you do that, you realize you're rejecting their gift. Right. I was like, wow, that, that sounds so counter to how I want people to experience interacting with me that they're giving me a gift and I'm rejecting it in my, in my belief that I'm being humble or, or all of that, I'm actually rejecting their gift. And so I think you're absolutely right. It's about being generous, but also the ability to receive others' generosity well is an important, important part. Yes. And I think it plays well into the conversation we were just having about strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. and playing to your strengths. So being honest about your weaknesses and acknowledging somebody who has a strength in your area of weakness and saying, how could we help each other? Mm -hmm. I, I am illiterate when it comes to this. You are brilliant. How can I 
benefit from that? And, and is there something that I do that could be helpful to you? Maybe we could partner, but even just having that conversation that's open and honest and recognizing somebody else's gifts. Yeah. And then yeah. I think it just, it makes it easier for us to, to operate yeah. in life. I, I yeah. do think yeah. that's how teams were meant to be is that yeah. no one of us has all of the strength of the team needs to be successful, but collectively, if we are aware of it and we leverage these strengths, then we get to bring more of that puzzle piece yeah. to the puzzle and say, yeah. gosh, yeah. You know, thanks. Thanks for being here because otherwise I didn't know how to get that edge to fit. Yeah. So Shannon, one of the things that I do uh, with all my guests is I like to dip into the past a little bit. Uh, and nostalgia is a really big thing as part of my practice. So I'd love to ask you, is there an experience or a person in your childhood, adolescence that has influenced what you do today? Mm, absolutely. There are many people and many examples of how I can see things in my past playing a part in my present. Uh, one that comes to mind is when I was in third grade, I was very cognizant of and felt compassion for people who I would say didn't have any friends, like people who sat alone in the lunchroom or who were just not really in a group. And I wouldn't have described myself as in a group either. I just felt like I had friends from a variety of different groups. And I liked being that way. I liked being like somewhat involved with a lot of different kinds of people because I've always been fascinated by people, even as a child. And I started a club and I, I, I don't remember now what I called it, but I remember mm -hmm. that, you know, we had like fruit punch and lemonade and oh. snacks and things. And it was in my basement and I invited everyone. I wanted everyone to be invited. And I think that plays into today where I'm so passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I deeply believe that everyone matters and that everybody belongs. And I am triggered by environments where it's exclusive mm. and some people are mm. left out. So mm. I think that that's something about my past that thank you for asking wow. that questions because it's triggering a lot of memories for me. Yeah, it is so powerful to be to be able to reflect back on those things and just, again, back to that word, gra grateful for the experiences, both good and bad, that kind of contribute to who we've become today and how we contribute to the world today. Thanks for sharing that story. I really appreciate it. I'll ask a question in service of some of my listeners that might be in a workplace or as part of a relationship uh, with their colleagues that they, they feel like, man, I wish our work environment was more like that. That sounds pretty good. Where's one place an individual could start? Like, let's say you're a member of a team and you want your team environment or your workplace to be more generous, uh, uh, be more caring. What can an individual do to kind of kick that, kick that off? So my provocative mind says the person who you get along with the least, but mm. that might be too far of a stretch to, as a starting place. I would say the next Zoom call you're on or Teams call you're on, you know, you look, you could take a screenshot or just look around the room mm -hmm. and identify someone who you, you think is either really on, like they're energetic and they're engaged and they're excited and they're sharing something really passionately and acknowledge them for that. You could even, mm. if you're on teams, you could put it in the chat, it, no matter what platform you're on. Most people mm. are still doing virtual meetings right now. Just give a shout out. I mean, that's the simplest thing that you could do is give a 
heartfelt shout out to someone for something you're noticing or recognize who's not having that kind of a day who seems right. really off they're on mute they look like there's something else going on right. and maybe you send them a private chat or you reach out to them later and to say hey i don't know if you're up for talking about this but i just noticed you seemed a little you know, there might be something on your mind i'm here for you or maybe you're not even asking them to have to share anything with you, you just say hey i'm grateful that we're on the same team let me know if I can ever be helpful to you. I'm around this afternoon. Gosh, Shannon, so, it sounds so simple when you say it that way. It sounds so simple. It's that if I feel that on my team, I'm just going to uh, paraphrase or confirm my understanding. If if I'm feeling that way, I want to bring that spirit to my team. First step is let me decide to take action. Mm-hmm. And you've offered three very simple ways to take action. Offer acknowledgement to somebody on a Zoom call point out something they've done that is great or just show gratitude for the opportunity to work with them. Number two is check out how people are feeling and maybe ask a deeper question to uncover how somebody's feeling. Both you could do it live or just to be uh, fair, you might do it offline. Sure. Like that's, that's great. And very practical, very practical uh, things mm-hmm. to do. What do you find are some of the obstacles I mean, because it sounds easy when you and I talk about it. What holds people back? I really think that it's our own distracted minds. Mm. I think our minds are in so many places that we don't always notice Mm. who's on and who's off Mm. or who seems like they need perhaps a little extra compassion Mm. or who might need a shout out. I mean, and maybe even our ego takes over and we think, well, if I praise that person, that might take something away from me. I mean, I think sometimes it's subconscious mm. and we're not meaning to be selfish, but I think, you know, very often we are and our minds are in so many different places and maybe we're focusing on the content of the meeting and not so much the participants. Yeah. And, and maybe we feel uncomfortable. Maybe we're the kind of person where we think that that would be overstepping or that'd be intrusive of mm. someone So I think we should try doing something that feels natural to our own strength set. Like if you're the kind of person that would feel comfortable doing that, maybe that's something you practice. If you're a little bit more private, maybe you send the person an email or on your next one-to-one, you bring it up Mm. and say, you know, how how are you doing? Just checking Mm. in. I mean, that, that's the really interesting thing to talk about simplicity of all of the things that have been going on throughout the pandemic to support employees or to create environments that are healthy Mm -hmm. and focus Mm -hmm. on people's well-being. It has been said that the most important thing we can do is to check in Mm. just real quick, just like you did with me. How are you doing today? You know, what's going on with you today? That's a really helpful thing that we can do. And it's not abnormal. I mean, that's just civil and friendly. Yeah. And you know, it's a very important thing you just said there, just checking in, but checking in like sincerely, not just going through the motions. And I don't know about you. I mean, you're probably much better at it than I am, but I find myself sometimes jumping into the conversation of matter at hand. And then about a minute in, I'll say, hold on a second. I forgot to check in and I'll mm-hmm. stop the conversation and say, I'm really sorry. Before we get into this, how's yes. it going? Right. And yeah. I- Agreed. You know, and I realized that, you know, perhaps earlier in my life, I might have made a mental note. Oh, I should have checked in, but I still keep on going because I don't want to look foolish by interrupting the flow we're already in. 
Mm-hmm. But I think as I've gotten older and maybe a little bit more gray, I've realized just stop, just, just stop. stop. Yeah. When you feel like I you've made a mistake there. or something, just yes. stop and, and lean into that. And that's helped me a little bit, just being comfortable with. Absolutely. With I was just on mistake. a customer service call with my bank yeah. on yeah. Saturday and the customer service person was terrific. She was really helping me. And while we were waiting for something to load, I said, how is it to work for its PNC bank? I said, how is it to work for PNC bank? And she said, oh, they're, they're, it's great. She said, I've been here for 12 years. I said, great. You know, so like, what, how would you describe what's great about it? She said, they really care about me as a person. I said, oh, wow, that, that's so good to know. She said, yes, like I had bereavement leave recently. So then I was at that, like, do I ask? Do I not ask? So I said, I'm really sorry for your loss. Mm. And then I didn't say anything. And she said, yeah, I just lost my father two months ago. Mm. And then she went on to talk about that and how helpful they were. So I think sometimes you can just, like, to your point, like we could just mow right past that right. and not ask those questions. Right. But if we can take a minute just to yeah. take, you know, invite them into a conversation and she yeah. may not have wanted to talk about it. Maybe she was concerned she would get emotional or who knows what. But she decided to share that with me. And that's something, again, I was grateful for. Oh, man. So I think you're really picking up on something. And the other thing that you said about uh, habits, because I do the exact same thing that you described where you jump right in. I've sometimes answer the question with something surface. So like, how are you doing? And I'll just say, great, which, I, which we had in this conversation. But then I decided I should, I want to give you a little more, right? Like there's yeah. disruption in my life. My kids are going off to college, right? Those are things that are actually happening in my life that are affecting how I'm showing up right now in this conversation with you. So I think the more we can appreciate, I think of it as icebergs, right? There's part of us that we get to see that's above the waterline. And then there's this whole mass of stuff going on beneath the surface, but all of that is each one of us. So how can we be more curious about what's under the waterline? Not to the point where I'm making you feel like I'm prying too much into your personal life, but I'm actually genuinely curious to know just more a little about. bit, just a little bit beneath the surface. You mm-hmm. never know what you're going to find or what, how you're going to help the person. It's, you got that. It's so interesting how people are drawn to each other. We live in different parts of the continent, but so much of what you're saying resonates with me. And in fact, very recently I was in the grocery store on Saturday and I was in the checkout line and the, the, the cashier who I've seen around quite often, um, it basically his whole side of his head had a huge bruise on it. His eye had been damaged and it looked like he had had a really bad accident. And so I was so caught up in the story of what must have happened to him. And oh my gosh, poor guy. And should I ask him? Should I not ask him? I'm going to be intrusive, all that stuff. And I then realized that if I walked away without connecting with my, at the human level, I'd be thinking about that all day. So you know, I pushed it to the last possible minute. I'm, you know, basically grabbing my grocery bags. And finally, I just leaned in and said, I'm really sorry. I do not want to impose or get too personal with you. But whatever it is that happened, I hope you're okay. And I hope you get better soon. And we just had a moment of connection where he didn't feel compelled to have to tell me the story because I had a feeling he wouldn't want to tell me the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he goes, it's all good. I'm alive. I'm grateful. And we had that moment and that was it. Mm. And I didn't carry that with me for the rest of my day. And hopefully he felt a a moment of human connection. Yes. And it didn't take much effort. 
It just took a little bit of maybe a little bit of courage. What a thoughtful uh, way to connect with him because you didn't put that on him. Like I'm sure most other people, what happened to your eye? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or just ignore it and walk away. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One or the other, it's, it, you know, you're very kind to say whatever it is, I hope you're okay. Like you was, you cared about him, not so much yeah. the story and yeah. being up to date. Yeah. That's a beautiful example. Yeah. But that's, I think what we're talking about is just taking the extra little bit of effort to connect yes. with each other. Yes. And in fact, it's a little bit harder now when you're doing it so much virtually, but still possible mm-hmm. and, and fantastic. God, what a yeah. great way for me to spend the last uh, 40 minutes with you. So I think from what you're sharing with me, I know some of my listeners, I want to know more. How can they find you? Where can they find you? Tell us more and I'll put it in the episode notes. Thank you. Give, give us your, your kind of particulars. For sure. So bridgebetween.com. Okay. The long URL, but that's what it is. Or you could do shannoncassidy.com. That also takes you to bridgebetween.com. And that's where you could find downloadables, all the podcasts are there. And the podcast ROG, which has dots in between because yes. it's an acronym, uh, return on generosity podcast that's on every podcast player and platform that exists, I think. So please take a listen and enjoy and really think about how the lessons learned in the podcast can be applied to your own work and life. I mean, that's what I try to do a takeaway tip at the end of each episode to think about you know, some of the things that people are doing are so incredible, but how, how, how can I practice that? What's something I could do? Yeah. So I would encourage everybody to consider how to be more generous at work. That's fantastic. And I know people will check it out. And uh, well, given that you spoke away about takeaway tips and you're a generous person, will you give my listeners a takeaway tip as we uh, close out this episode? Yes. Thank you for that. I think one simple thing that you could do, particularly for meetings that you are hosting, is to start with gratitude. So even if it's 200 people, to have volunteers and then track who volunteered last time and then pick other people the next time and they could raise their hand or whatever, but to say, what's something that you're grateful for? And it throws people off for a minute, mm. right? Because they're like, wait, what? I mean, we have an agenda that wasn't on the agenda, but it sets the tone for the day. And what I have found and I've been doing that since the pandemic started, you learn so much about Mm, people, mm. right? Sometimes people are grateful that, oh, I finally grew a tomato in my garden. And other people are grateful that their mother is off hospice and they get to see her because she's been vaccinated or, you know, it's like, sometimes it's this, whoa, amazing thing. But either way, it it gets their minds thinking about what am I grateful for? And even if they're not the person who got to share it's, it's the, it's the ripple effect of gratitude is everybody feels better. And it's just a nice way to start the meeting off on a human level. Love it. What a great way to start the meeting off, but also leaving with them with something that will, they will carry through their day. That's mm-hmm. a really, really great. And again, a simple pragmatic uh, tip. Shannon, yeah. I look forward to our next conversation. I am grateful that this is not the end. We're going to be talking again. And yes. I look forward to that. And I wish you a fantastic day ahead. Thank you. You too. There were a lot of great insights in that conversation with Shannon. The first one for me was the idea that gratitude can be a great reframer. As an executive coach, oftentimes I work with clients 
to help them think about things differently. And we tried to come up with reframing questions to help them look at what they're dealing with from a different perspective. So here's an example. When you are stuck, perhaps in a rut or struggling with a situation or an outcome that you're dealing with, ask yourself the question, what can I be grateful for about this circumstance? Quite often, the answer to that question will lead you to reframe the way you're looking at the circumstance and situation and quite well could snap you out of it. Try it sometime. The second area of thought, it's a bit intertwined, so bear with me here. The idea of gratitude and the idea of generosity, they're two different concepts, but they're actually inextricably linked and I hadn't thought about that before. So it's hard to have one gratitude without the other generosity. But at the same time, you can use one against the other as leverage to help you build the other. For example, it's easier to be generous with others if you are first grateful for what you have. But at the same time, as I have learned from so many of my other guests, if you are struggling with feeling grateful with what you have in life, being generous to others and giving them something that they need that you have might just provide you the spark you need to ignite your own appreciation with your circumstances. Also, Expressing gratitude for others' generosity to you is critical to providing a return to them for their generosity, which makes them want to continue to be generous. So sharing your gratitude in itself is a generous act and keeps the cycle of gratitude and generosity ongoing. Shannon also gave us some practical tips. She gave us a suggestion for all of us to contribute to creating a more generous workplace. So. One suggestion she made was pick someone in your organization or team. Could be on a Zoom call, it could be live, could be just a one-on-one -on -one phone call. Give them recognition for something that they have done well without any expectation of return. Or alternatively, draw them out when they seem that they might be struggling. Reach out to them. Don't probe when it's not welcome, but open the door and show that you're interested in what's going on with your colleague. When you demonstrate this kind of generosity to your colleagues, to the people you work with, you are playing a leadership role in building a stronger, more inclusive and cohesive culture. I hope those ideas helped you and have a great day. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, or share it. I want to say thank you to one of my favorite bands, Late Night Conversations, for sharing their song Chaos with me and letting me use it in this episode. You can learn more about them on Instagram at LNC Connected. And here's more of their song Chaos to take you out.
Turbulency like racing on stationary animation Taking me 